This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi guys, it's Chris from Offscript. I was in charge of the big interview this past week. Enjoy your weekend. Here you go. The Big Interview with Offscript. It is a big interview. Yes, it is. So, it's continuing a bit of a theme here, Rob. We've spoken... Oh, yeah? What is just... <laughs> Getting interviewees that no one else is chasing. <laughs> well, it's a bit of that. Hey, listen. Come on, it's a bit harsh. Rog worked through the night for this. Did he? Uh, we've had the likes of Chesney Hawks. We have. We've had Jim, uh, Jim Petrick. Wigfield. Wigfield. You know, we've had... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Was it uh, Charles and Eddie? Charles and Eddie, yeah. yeah we, we had one Eddie of them, Chacon, wasn't it? Eddie Chacon, well done. We've had him on the show. And this just kind of follows yeah. that kind of well-trodden path because uh, this uh, week, a little earlier today, uh, this week, sorry, I caught up with brothers Fred and Richard Fairbrass, a.k.a. Right said Fred. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave About the way you walk, a contact sport. <laughs> Let the neighbors talk. Out. When I saw Mega Mix written down there, I, I thought, hang on a minute, how can you make a Mega Mix out of one song? I didn't realise it released yeah, they have. several others. I'm Too Sexy, of course, being the famous of those four little ditties we heard at Don't Talk, Just Kiss, Deeply Dippy, and Stick It Out, which I would not There's advise. definitely a running theme going through their material. Uh, yes, there is. It's a bit slapstick, it's a bit fun, but they themselves would say, listen, it's made them an awful lot of money, is what it has. Formed by Fred and Richard, brothers, of course, back in 1989, right said Fred, an English pop band who are best known for that hit, that 1991 smash hit, I'm Too Sexy. Now, let me ask you this question, Rob. Have you ever sung that song to yourself in the mirror? No, I haven't, actually. That is absolute nonsense. We all have. (laughs) I do it on a weekly basis. Brand new shirt gets rolled out. I'm a much more confident man than me, Chris. (laughs) Now, interestingly enough, right, right side Fred, one of the fellas is called Fred. You'd think it would actually relate to Fred, one of the brothers, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about the name of I mean, I've, it's not something I've ever dwelt on as I've lain in bed, uh, you know, awake at night. But well, um, They actually got their name from a Bernie Cribbins song of the same name. All right, said Fred, have to take the feed off to get them feed off, wouldn't take a mow. Took its feed off, even took the seeds off, should have got us somewhere, but no. So it's coincidence that Fred Fairbrass... Exactly that. That was the first question I asked them earlier this week. That novelty song, Complete With Sound Effects, was the third release by... It was a massive big hit in 62 for actor, comedian, narrator and children's TV presenter Bernard Cribbins. Now, when I talk right said Fred, you might kind of laugh at some of those songs. I'm Too Sexy, for example, being their big one, but it's not when you scratch beneath the surface. They had number one hits, 70 countries for goodness sake, including a number one in the US, number one in the UK, and a number one in Japan. They were actually the first band to reach number one in the United States with a debut single since the Beatles. No way. Yes way. 
So that gives you a little bit of credence okay. there, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and also it tells you how sexy people generally tend to think well, they are. Well, this is it. We're <laughs> going to get into that because in actual fact, you're laughing at that. Uh, so as far as we know, uh, Right Side Friend, of course, they uh, came to be in 1989. But in actual fact, their journey actually started over a decade earlier. I'm going to let Fred pick up the story. This is the first thing that we're hearing from the two brothers. He's going to pick up the story, which culminates in the origins of their most famous track, which is, of course, I'm too sexy. Oh, well, the band, the first band we had that was on the road was called The Actors. Yeah. And that went back as far as 1978. We were on the road with um, Suicide. And that's when we did shows with bands like Joy Division and The Adverts. Then all through the 80s, we were in and out of record deals. We won those bands, you know, Close But No Cigar. Um, and then we put Right Say Fred together. Um, uh, basically because we just fancied to do something different. So we put Right Side Fred together at, um, let me think, 88, I think it was. Yeah. And that was our first show. So we were doing things like, uh, you know, we were busking and we were doing shows at the, at the Mean Fiddler and these different things. Um, and then the, the um, I'm Too Sexy came about our boredom with because we were an acoustic duo, we just got bored. And I was at the port at that time, I was getting into dance music. So we hooked up with Rob Manzoli. We hooked up with a, um, uh, with, a with a programmer, a computer programmer, a music pro- programmer rather, called, um, uh, his name was Brian Pugsley. And we were working on a song called Heaven. And that's where the bass line from I'm Too Sexy came from. And um, one one day we're recording with um, recording with Brian Richard. Uh, it was hot, very hot. We, we had this bass line looping on the computer, which was da 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 da. da. And Richard started singing, "I'm too sexy for my shirt," and that's where the initial idea came from. Um, and um, we we sort of ran with it, really. So there we have it then. Richard was just a little bit too hot. The literal sense was, "I'm." too sexy at that point he just felt he was too hot too sexy for the shirt that he was wearing in <laughs> and away we go wow and I had to actually say to them through happy coincidence yes. a piece of genius was born I'm too sexy the making of I did say to them come on lads was it that easy yeah no, it's, it's one of those just things that popped into, our, into my head I didn't uh, <laughs> we, had, we had this sort of, as Fred said we had this bass line going around on this other song um, and it was, a, it was a basement studio we were in and I it was really hot. And um, I went into this, it, the studio was in this guy's house actually. And uh, I walked from the studio into what was, I think the front room or the bedroom or something. And the wardrobe had a mirror cut into the door. Um, I could still hear the, the bass line going around, which was da 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 da. And um, I just, it just started singing, I'm too sick for much. I just started singing it. And um, came out of nowhere, but there was no, never any, People often say, ask us, when did you put the band together and when did you do this? And when you, but it, 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 these things are very chaotic, at least, at least they are with us. So there's never a moment when we put the band together. There's never a moment when we knew mm. we had a hit, or a moment when we knew what we were about, or what, or what we were all about. It's, it's all been a bit... It's, it's been a learning curve right from the beginning, the whole thing. As you'll hear as this interview progresses, you know what they are, Rob? They're just two normal blokes. Like, I, I can't stress that enough. You know, we've interviewed musicians, we've interviewed sportsmen and women in the past where they are a musician, they are a sportsman, they are a sportswoman. 
the vibe I got from these two, and I was on the phone to them for oh, an hour and ten minutes the other night. They're just two normal blokes. They really are. They've shunned the limelight as much as they possibly can. A little bit of controversy about them in the last couple of years that we'll get to at the end of this interview. But they've admitted, and they certainly did admit, and they elongated this a little bit, about their struggles prior to kind of breaking through into the mainstream in 1991. They were kind of on the periphery of the industry before that song, I'm Too Sexy. And I wondered what kind of toll that actually had on them during the 80s. We thought we were always capable of writing some big records. We, we, we always felt that. But we've always worked in the, in, in the margins. Uh, even after I'm Too Sexy took off, um, that we still worked in the margins because I'm Too Sexy had been turned, by, turned down by every single record label we played, we played it to. So when we eventually wrote it and had a demo of it, our, our ambition was to hear it on the radio. It wasn't to, be a, wasn't to be famous. It wasn't to be successful. It was just to hear it on the radio because we believed that if the if the public got to hear it, we might stand a chance um, because we knew that the record companies, by just it's their character to be risk averse, to yeah. be um, to be cautious and conservative. That's what they are. That's why we have a lot of the artists that we have because um, that's what record company people are like in, in, in general, not always, of course, but in general. So we, we, we've always, we're used to being in the margins. We were in the margins on our, our whole lives, one way or another. And, and to be honest with you, we still are, yeah, we've, you know, because of, you know, the last two and a half, 30, you know, last 30, yeah, two and a half uh, years, we've been in the margins because we've been cancelled. So it's not new territory for us at all. Yeah, you heard uh, Fred there say that uh, we've been in the margins, certainly so in the last two and a half years because we have been, and I quote, cancelled. More on that, as I say, in a couple of minutes. Now, you laughed at me last week because you called out one of the questions that I had, we'd ultimately ask the boys, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. Uh, and I did go there just to keep you, you entertained. Yeah, Robert, yeah. Because You'd have gone there anyway, I come on. Have. I did reference Chesney Hawks. Of course, I am the one and only. I referenced Wigfield Saturday night, two one-hit wonder songs, I think it's fair to say, and the relationships with which both Chesney and Wigfield had with those songs. You know, they admitted to us that at various points in their own careers, they did loads yeah. of songs well, you would. that made them. You'd resent them. Yeah, well, at times, I think, because you become, the danger is you become defined by said song. I had to ask the fellows, uh, did they have a similar love-hate relationship with their seminal track? I have no self-loathing with that song. None at all. I think absolutely I, love it. Maybe it's a different, maybe, the, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty, I don't, neither of them wrote those songs, did they? They're both no. of them other writers. Indeed. Yeah, so maybe that's the difference. We wrote I'm Too Sexy, um, and we were with it through its, through its sort of its evolving process, we remember it as a bedroom song. We remember it as a demo, and we remember it as um, as a hit. So maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I'm not sure, um, but that's possible. But I've never had a loathing for it ever. Um, I think it's a great pop song. I, I, I make no apologies for it whatsoever. I'd be interested to know from you both. Why do you feel it's endured in the manner that it has? That is well, a really good question. Someone, we haven't got a clue. We were doing an interview <laughs> for, an Amer- for an American radio station, and the guy said, I'd like to thank you for that song because it gave everybody a, the permission to be sexy. Yeah. And I'd never, yes. and I'd, and I'd never, th- I'd never thought of it like that. And when he said it, I thought, that's interesting. I'd never considered that. But m- maybe. Maybe that's something to do with it because everyone can use the idea. I'm too sexy for anything. Yeah, we get it. 
a lot. I'm too, aren't you too sexy for this bar? Aren't you too sexy for this garage? And, and, they, and what makes me laugh is they think it's so brilliant. They, they, they think it's absolutely brilliant that they've done that. Yeah. As yeah. if we haven't heard it. Yeah, before. I mean, but, but yeah, on the other hand, I think you've got to see it as a privilege. We've, we've been fortunate enough to write a song that's been that successful and has touched that many people. And um, it's too easy to see the negative. And yeah. I, I see, I can only see the positive. Yeah. Also, it's a, it's a, it's a very innocent song. You know, it's, it's, it's not like Cream by Prince. It doesn't have a sexuality, an overt yeah. sexuality about it. It's, it's a very innocent, uh, innocent kind of song, um, despite the way we sold it. And so, I think that's uh, that is, has an, it gives it an, a, a broader appeal that perhaps it otherwise wouldn't have had. Um, and we became sort of, you know, the darlings of mums and dads. I mean, yeah, we did. We did. You know, yeah, we yeah. Were, that's what we were. Um, and um, and we, we, and we've never had any uh, not not once have we had a parent either communicate with us or come up to us a gig or anything and reprimand us for singing a song about sex. No, they never have because the song is not about sex. It's not about sex. No. It's about being sexy, which yeah. is very different. Yeah, and it's sort of there's a playfulness exactly, about yeah. it, and it, it's kind of it, it's got such mass appeal. You know, I, I love the line where it allowed, and, and they stole it from a journalist in America far better at his job than I, clearly, because I don't think I wowed them with anything I said. But, you know, a journalist to say that it allowed everyone to be sexy, and that's it, that song. And I've, I'm guilty of it. I hold my hands up. I've stuck a shirt on at some point in my life. I've looked myself in the mirror, and I've sung those songs. I've sung those words. You know, it tapped into uh, rather like Boris, done it as well. but rather like Boris Blank's song. Oh yeah, you know that one where oh, you know, the Ferris Bueller that we've we've interviewed Boris as well. Yeah, it it kind of it taps into a whole mood. You know, it, it sort of yeah. when, when you're getting ready to go on a night out and you're you're getting the old uh, links. What what Africa. <laughs> links Africa? And what, what's it? Pat, 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 what's, what's the famous Paco Paco Rabanne <laughs> after shave? Which I can just imagine. Robbie's grilling and busting. Chris just lacing himself in that. I've done. You know, time. It, it just it it sort of encapsulates that Move. you know the whole night is, is out in front yes. of me and I, I'm feeling it tonight indeed indeed yeah. I am I still feel it tonight at the age of 36 I mean, not to say that I put that song on no I? well I did I'm sure I did hey, they did mention that they were the darlings of mums and dads and I did point out to them listen fellas come on you were also the darlings of others as well what was it like being heartthrobs in the 1990s we never surprising. thought yeah, we, we, yeah. <laughs> very, it's very surprising yeah. and we never really thought about it I could understand why uh, Mark Jones from uh, what's his name? Mark, um, the guy from um, the guy from Take That. Um, oh, Mark Owen. Mark, Mark Owen. Mark Owen. Sorry, Mark Owen. Yeah, I, I see why he would be a pin-up, and I can see why some, you know, maybe Robbie Williams and some other like uh, Justin T uh, Timberlake, yeah. but not us. No, I, we're a couple of ball blokes with muscles, so <laughs> it didn't make any sense to us whatsoever. But it, but it was very flattering, and it was very nice. You know, I can remember there was a newspaper article. And it had a picture of me and Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and it said, "Why, why are these two men sexy?" <laughs> Never forget that. It's like you know. So I, you know, it was, and also, of course, we were we were much older. Ninety-nine percent of the people coming up behind that, us. That's very true. We broke late. We yeah. broke late, yeah. and so yeah. we were. I think we were. We had a kind of cynicism instilled into us right from the beginning because we weren't in love with the whole pop industry thing we played it for a bit at the beginning because that's what we felt we were expected to do yeah we played the game yeah. and we played the game but but uh, i don't think it suited us very well um and we're probably happier now than we were back then and that is the voice of richard fairbrass his brother fred right said fred you know what's coming now don't you rob 
I, I, I cannot wait, Chris. Right, sit back and enjoy this one. Anyone that's home already preparing for a night out, you're in luck. We're all going to be singing this, let's be frank. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. Fred, I'm too sexy. You enjoyed that, didn't you, Rob? Oh, it's great. I'm too sexy for my cat. That's a line I'd forgotten about. <laughs> I forgot the line about my two being too little or too small. Oh, my Lord. That was great. Really good. And you're absolutely right. Two down-to-earth guys. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, they've... They may have given up on celebrity or, or maybe they never pursued that path of life, but it seems like they've had a very kind of grounded and you know, enjoyable life nonetheless. Yeah, they absolutely have. And they say they're still noticed every single day of their life, especially when they come as a twosome. When they're out and about, they'll always get spotted by some fan. Right said, Fred, I'm too sexy. Brilliant. Don't go anywhere. Much more from us in just a few moments. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.